Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, it's chat time again. This week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So we'll continue with some current events and eventually we'll get around to some scriptures. But today I want to talk about, I want to start talking about, um, I don't know, does everybody remember that, uh, I don't know if I call him a pastor, Nick Vujicic, Vujicic, the name sounds He's a man without arms and legs. Oh, yes. And he goes around, uh, he's a motivational speaker talking about the Lord and, and how the Lord blessed him. And um, he's traveled the world with, throughout his organization and sp he speaks to millions of people about his faith. He was um, recently became a co-founder of a pro-life bank after he was kicked out of his bank. There was a false article published about him. There was a grenade thrown into his house. Oh my goodness. And this article comes from the Epoch Times. He's founder and president and CEO of the Ministry of Life Without Limbs. And he met with the board of his organization and was suggested to speak for the pro-life cause. And I'm going to call him, because I don't want to mispronounce his last name, I'm going to just call him Pastor Nick. And he, Pastor Nick agreed, but before he even started speaking, he faced all kinds of harassment. He said he got kicked out of a bank with no warning. It froze my credit cards, froze my debit cards, they did a review of me as a client, and they don't want to have anything to do with me, Pastor Nick said in a recent interview on Epic's TV Crosswords program. He learned from the co-founder of his pro-life bank that most banks give, fill, give under social responsibility to give to causes that provide to the biggest abortion clinics in America. Wow. He said that his new bank that he created himself was is called Pro-Life Bank. It is a religious for-profit entity and will not fund abortion. Okay. 
but we will actually fund 50% net profits to Judeo-Christian line nonprofit organizations that are biblically aligned and doing the will of God according to our belief systems. And I can imagine that nobody, me included, I've never thought about a, what does a bank do with right. their money? Right, what are they investing in? What do they in? invest in? You know, like you take out a, you, you put your money in and they, they, they use, use your money, <laughs> you know. So according to the Epic Times article, Pastor Nick attributed the refusal to provide services to certain individuals by private industries to new standards in business management called environmental, social, and governance considerations. A person may be evaluated based on whether he or she goes along with the business's profit causes or it's environmentally friendly, or is environmentally friendly. So he says, if I own a V12 twin turbo car, which I do, I'm actually then harming the environment. I get categorized as a second class citizen. It's going to be called carbon credits. And we're going to be categorized on how harmful we are to the environment. Socially based on what he believes and who he gives to and what he doesn't give in to. Right. So according to the World Economic Forum, the, what do you call it? They, they ESGs, Environmental, Social, and Governance Considerations, are the yardstick for stakeholder capitalism and will be essential for corporate success in the future. Klaus Schwab, the founder and executive chairman of the WEF, I'm looking what the WEF is, proposed the concept of the Great Reset, oh, World Economic Forum to transform the world economy from shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism. Stakeholders include the enterprise's owners and shareholders, customers, suppliers, collaborators of any kind, as well as the government and society, including the communities in which the company operates or which may in any way be affected. The World Economic Forum proposed a set of metrics that will be used to rate companies based on the environmental, social, and governance uh, proposed, well, I lost my place because uh, I'm getting mixed up with all these W-E-F and E-S-G and... <laughs> right. But so, you know, what gets me is that how much the bank is into a person's personal life. When you make a deposit, you open up an account. You're, you're just not, looking you're for not, the right. interest. How much interest yes, am I You're not thinking get? they're looking to see Minimum what you're balance. doing. You know, what, what are the fees? Yeah, what are, that's all you want to know. What your stand is. So they're looking at what his beliefs are. And then they have targeted him according to his beliefs, which so, to me should be illegal. Environmental metrics might focus on a company's impact on the environment. For example, its energy use or pollution output, as well as on the risks and opportunities associated with the impacts of climate change. 
Social metrics might focus on the company's relationship with people and society, for example. Issues that impact diversity and inclusion, human rights, specific faith-based issues, the health and safety of employees, customers, and consumers locally and or globally. Governance metrics might focus on issues such as how the company is run. For example, transparency and reporting, ethics, compliance, shareholder rights, the composition and role of the board of directors. In September 2020, the WEF, which is the World Economic Forum, provided guidelines for stakeholder capitalism metrics based on the environmental, social, and governance that will evaluate the composition of the company's governing body based on factors such as gender, stakeholder participation, and ratio of underrepresented social groups. Among other metrics recommended by the WEF, World Economic Forum, related to the environment are greenhouse gas emissions, size of land used, water consumption, air and water pollution. So this opened up my eyes to banks and mm -hmm. financial institutions. Yeah, I, I remember uh, one time people would say when you go and you buy stocks or you buy into these uh, mutual funds and they're different, uh, they say they diversify so they're different companies that they are investing in, they said you should find out what those companies are because at that time the apartheid in South Africa uh, was going strong and a lot of people didn't realize that that was part of their mutual fund portfolio, you know, so certain things that you might truly be against, you might have a, a, a financial advisor that's investing in the very thing that you are actually, if you had knowledge of would say don't don't put my money in, in, mm -hmm. in there don't you support them with this because you have that no was idea my money. Well, who you're supporting yeah. right you have no idea i mean it could be against your beliefs but right. you're doing it anyway right because you're not you haven't investigated to see you you've actually entrusted your finances to someone and you have to make sure that, that they are on board and that you both see eye to eye you know and i, I just think that uh it's a shame that Instead of just coming out and telling him, you know, your, your stance is, is so much in opposition to ours that we would just uh, suggest that you bank somewhere else. Something like that. You know, give him the courtesy of a, a response and a reason. But they didn't even do that. You know, recently I was listening to, now I can't remember if it was WVCY. It was on the radio. W, either WVCY or it was Joy 1340. Mm -hmm. And... They had a like a half hour program talk and it was a father and a son and they were talking about this very same thing. Mm -hmm. They were talking about how you don't know what you're investing in. Right. You know, you have your IRAs, you have you you know, at work you mm -hmm. save money and then they invest things. Right. And um he said that if you and I can't remember the name of the the group or the company, but they said they would go over your, if you have a portfolio or if you're investing through work or whatever, they have an ability to look things up to see what 
you're investing in right. if they are uh, taking your money and investing it in things that you don't believe in. Right, because you don't know if you invested in a company that's actually backed by the Chinese Communist Party. You would have no idea. Because, I mean, they're buying land and businesses here in the United States. And then what they do is they give you the opportunity to either um, sell the stuff or, or switch over to another Mm -hmm. Another um, company, or or they give you some advice, but I wish I could remember the name of that. But you know, now that I think about it, it didn't hit home until I just read that article. All right. So anyway, there's a lot out there. So here's an article that was sent to me, and it was from last month, sometime. And there was a judge that was ordering a West Virginia, ordering West Virginia to allow a transgender girl to join a girls cross country team. Mm -hmm. And it says that forcing a girl to compete on the boys team when there's a girls team available would cause her unnecessary distress and stigma. A federal judge ordered the state of West Virginia to allow a transgender girl to participate in school sports as a girl saying that the state's trans sports ban is a result of the fear of the unknown and discomfort with the unfamiliar. <laughs> really? <laughs> right. I'm excited. And this is, this is the six, she's six, in sixth grade. I'm excited to know that I will be able to, or he, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm excited to know that I will be able to try out for the girls cross country team and follow the running shoes of my family. Sixth grader Becky Pepper Jackson <laughs> said in a statement. Uh, mm -hmm. So this means that she's either 11 or 12. Right. Or he's right. He's about 11 yeah, or 12. going through puberty. Uh -huh. Pepper Jackson sued the state recently with the help of ACLU. Yeah, figures. And after she tried to join her school's girls cross-country team, but was told that she couldn't because she's trans. The school said they couldn't let her join the girls team because of HB um, 3293, which West Virginia passed uh, earlier this year. The law bans trans girls from participating in school sports as their gender effectively barring them from school sports. Her school's principal even said it would be confusing for her to participate in the boys' cross-country team because she's a girl now. Uh, I mean, how? So not biologically? At, no, not biologically, but when you look at the picture, so, she says, well, you, you so, wouldn't ever be able to tell that that was... Um, well, I mean, but that's, cos that's cosmetics, you know? And but if you pull the person's uh, underwear down, <laughs> what, what, you know you'll realize that's a boy. Uh, you know? They stop taking and, and them spider, drugs, right? In spite of mascara and, and blush, lipstick, it, and it's all. a guy, yeah. right? It's a boy, and it, and he's going through puberty. And I don't know what they would do if all the girls would just say, "Well, okay, that he could be a team unto himself." <laughs> you know, he can do it all. He can do it by himself. Yes. <laughs> now, granted, this this individual is eleven or twelve years old, and it says that Pepper Jackson has lived as a girl for years. She has competed on the all girls cheerleading team at her school. She changed her name to a more commonly name associated with girls, and of the girls at her middle school, um, Becky, 
Pepper Jackson, is the only girl who will be prevented from participating in school-sponsored athletics. Here, there is an inescapable conclusion that the law discriminates on the basis of transgender status. Well, it should. Now, the thing about it is, just because a person is a cheerleader, so what? You have male and female cheerleaders. So that's, that's neither here nor there. We're talking about competing in an actual event, a sporting event, where this person now is going through puberty. I don't know if their parents are giving them uh, hormones. Those puberty like estrogen, Yeah, which probably going to end up causing cancer. I don't know if they're doing that, but if they're not, his testosterone is going to kick in. So I, I, ha- I have to look up. Uh, the difference between transgender and transsexual. Transgender people are people whose gender identity is different from the gender they were thought right. to be at birth. Mm-hmm. When we're born, a doctor usually says that we're e- either male or female based on what our bodies look like. Like you said, drop the drawers. Mm-hmm. Most people who were labeled male at birth turn out to actually identify as men. And most people who were labeled female at birth grow up to be women. But some people's gender identity is different from what was initially expected when they were born. Most of these people describe themselves as transgender. Right. A transgender woman lives as a woman today, but was thought to be a male when she was born. A transgender man lives as a man today, but was thought to be female when he was born. Some transgender people identify as neither male nor female, or Unix, or as a combination of male and female. Amorphodites. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Silly. so then, just, what, just is the, what exactly does it mean to be transsexual? Historically and medically, the term transsexual was used to indicate a difference between one's gender identity and sex assigned at birth, whether it was male, female, or intersex. More specifically, the term is often used to communicate that one's experience of gender involves medical changes, such as hormones or surgery. That helps their anatomy and appearance to more closely align with their gender identity. So this particular definition... Under this definition this person little child is trans yeah but but they're not receiving gender right they're not receiving receiving any 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 medical hormones surgery which means by the time he's 12 13 14 his testosterone is going to kick in his voice is going to change he's going to say hi this is becky I'm, (laughs) I'm, i'm becky but they but they identify they identify as female. Now, I think all these females who are identifying as men should insist on going on the football team, the basketball team, the baseball team, so they lose every game. Because <laughs> that's so silly. So this article goes on to say, forcing a girl to compete on the boys' team when there's a girl team, girls' team available will cause her unnecessary distress and stigma. This is what the judges write. And it's so unfair to the uh, the female participants, the female it athletes, is. it's just right. so unfair. So we've said all along this cruel legislation would not survive a legal challenge and we're encouraged by the, by the court's decision. We hope trans kids throughout West Virginia who felt attacked and wronged by the passage of this legislation 
are feeling empowered by today's They should news. just have this, let them have it. I, I, I just would not waste my time as a female trying to, I mean, there's going to be some females who can, but, for, but you're talking about bell curve. You have your extremes. You're going to have, there are certain females who will be able to do that, and there are certain who can't. But in the middle, the average person is going to find that difficult. When the person starts to all of a sudden have a, a spike in growth by the time they're 15, and then next thing you know, they go from, from five feet to like six foot one, and then all of a sudden the testosterone, they're eating like a horse. Now they're like 160, 175 pounds. I mean, come on, these people. And then you might find a female, but there'll be far and few in between. That's just so crazy. I think they should, what they should do is just have, the LGBT should just have their own league, their own sports. Right. Three yeah. leagues. Right. Instead male, of trying, female, and... Right, and, and weird. Because they, they should stop <laughs> trying to make us believe in a lie, mm -hmm. accept it as if it's the truth, and you know that it's not. Mm -hmm. So the Biden administration sided with Pepper Jackson in her suit and asked the court and asked the court in a brief to rule in favor of transgender equality. So mm -hmm. that was the reason why the judge was swayed because mm -hmm. the Biden right. administration got into uh, uh, the, the legal end of it. And that's a shame. Involved, wrote a brief and it's supposed to be and objective. it was and it right. Mm -hmm. So my goodness. Mhm. Mm you don't know who's uh, doing what. Right. Like they just rigged the game, fixed yes. politics. Right, yes. I mean, what does the Biden administration have to do with submitting briefs on a issue? Right. That's this is supposed that to be decided by a judge. Right. What are they doing? So what is the judge supposed to do? He's supposed to uphold the law <laughs> instead of giving it to politics. Well, he was intimidated. I guess so. All right, here's another article that came from the LGBTQ Nation. And um, there are two dads that are trying to explain to their son where babies come from. Okay. This so there's a short film that shows how hard it actually can be for some same-sex couples to lie or LGBTQ people <laughs> to become parents. The less than two minute video was released recently by Family Equality to reflect how 63% of LGBTQ millennials are considering parenthood. It was directed by Will Speck, Josh Gordon, two frequent collaborators who directed Blades of Glory and Office Christmas Party together. This shows that the preconceived notion of what a family looks like in America is continuing to evolve ah, as the country moves forward slowly but surely. Into the abyss. <laughs> so it's, here, it's like love lawyers and government starts with a dad finished a bedtime story to his son at, as the other dad is looking on. Mm. After his dad says dad's Plural, say goodnight and prepare to leave. The son asks them, where do babies come from? Clearly startled by the question, the two dads decide it's time to explain the process of having a baby. Mm. And 
they say, well, when two daddies love each oh, other Lord. and they want to have a baby, first they talk have to, to have a, a mommy. First they talk to a lawyer and about mommy. their options. <laughs> the dads begin explaining how their options differ based on state and local laws. Uh, then they talk about adoption agencies, lawmakers, social services, and they have to go through to make adoption possible. Where does babies come from? The dads get more in depth even calling their lawyer to explain to their son their how difficult the process can be. They're talking about adoption process. He even if the poor kid is ready to go to bed. Where does the baby come from? Then the dads break out the whiteboard explaining all scenarios that show could happen for same-sex couples trying to adopt. They should show the sperm for <laughs> Then they call another stream trying to find the egg. Wait, 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 wait. Run out of time. Then they even call another same-sex couple that had children themselves, Sam and Marie. One of the two parents gave birth to their child, while the other had to legally adopt them to serve as their parents. Where did the baby come from? Daddy? 12 to 24 months later, assuming all the paperwork well, goes not, not through, nine months of pregnancy, 12, have two years later. a wonderful kid just like you. They just lied to themselves. So where do babies come from? That's, you know, you still didn't tell me where the baby came from. You so, told me the legal process of adopting It ends like their answer was very thorough, uh-huh. but very different. And from, very confusing. Very different from the answer to their son's friend. Jody told them. So we right. he heard from Joey said, Man and women get together and they have sex and you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that's where babies come from. It comes from a woman's stomach. And then they oh no. Two years down the line, twenty-four we walk into the house with the baby. <laughs> anyway, we'll have to cut it there. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Now today's verse comes from Proverbs sixteen and nine. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Now, ain't God all right? God God is is all right. right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what left-handed man sent a present to Eglon, king of Moab? And the answer is Ehud, E-H-U-D. And that answer can be found in Judges. Chapter 3, verse 15, which reads, But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised them up a deliverer, Ehud, the son of Gera, a Benjamite, a man left-handed, and by the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. That's a good story. You should read it. Judges chapter 3. It's really interesting. The present, you want to know what it was? I'll tell you. It was a dagger. All right, this week's food for thought is how long were the Israelites in Egypt? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.